More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're back. We're back. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, God, Pete sending me text messages right now. Um, yeah, so, so we're back. We're back for another podcast episode. My name is Ethan. And I'm Peter. And here we are with and, episode um, four. Yeah, episode, episode, I can't believe we've made it all the way to four. I know. Wow. Someday, someday, double digits. We'll make it. We'll should make we do a celebration at five? Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. Next, next podcast, huge party. Yeah, huge party. Um, maybe, maybe a Fourth of July edition. Fourth <laughs> of July edition. Um, you know, extravaganza. But yeah. So basically, we're we're back. We've got a whole whole slate of issues to talk about this one. Um, I'm personally feeling a lot better about this podcast than the last one. Um, I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff. First on our first on the list is the uh, January 6th hearings, um, which which are are interesting, to say the least, obviously. And, and, and Peter, you actually wrote an article on the January 6th committee before the hearing started. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I was uh, not all that favorable to the January 6th committee with the days le- leading up to the start of the hearing because all sort of reports, um, they hired uh, the former president of ABC News to try and uh, turn the hearings into some sort of blockbuster. And there were some mem- members like uh, Jamie Raskin and Adam Schiff who go out and say, this will be a bombshell report. This will this will uh, be eye-opening. This is going to change everything. And it's kind of the thing where you oversell um, but or over oversell, overpromise, underdeliver, underdeliver. Yeah. Um, and again, they they're all again. It's the usual suspects within the committee. Jamie Raskin, who's going on saying, "Oh, this is this is showing us that we need to abolish the electoral college," and that's not the point of a January sixth committee. Um, I, I was hoping uh, Cheney and Kinzinger uh, were trying kind of stay stay in line it seems like they have um i think like giving cheney a lot of the speaking uh has, has been good for the committee but again they're only two people of the uh nine member committee so they can only do so much yeah. um but I, I, have you seen any of it I only, I only watched the first hearing i didn't see any of it uh besides i like, i haven't watched it nearly as much as i've just read about it um yeah yeah same yeah um so again all it seems interesting um they put like a ta- like a video over the course of events for january 6th in the first one that that was like and in, in very uh interesting to watch and kind of gives you a way to kind of relive it again re-experience it and remember again how bad that day actually was uh but again the committee is not really releasing any new bombshells. Uh, we're getting a whole sort of new testimony from Bill, former Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, Ivanka Trump. Um, we're hearing some stories about uh, Jeffrey Clark within the, within the uh, Department of Justice. Apparently, 
try to convince Trump to appoint him head of to do a point of attorney general over Jeffrey acting attorney general Jeffrey Rosen uh, and he Trump seemed lenient lenient to do that until half the Justice Department threatened to just walk away um, so Trump decided to keep Rosen so again these are all interesting things but the problem is mm. we're not getting any new developments in the story all this should have happened during the as soon as uh, McConnell said that we're not going to have a vote on conviction until Trump's out of here, that's when the time this trial should have actually been happening. It should should have been an impeachment trial. Um, now there's nothing really the committee can do. Um, they can do a criminal referral, but that's just like pointing to the Justice Department and say, hey, we think he committed a crime, and they're already investigating Trump. So again, there's really nothing that they can do, which I guess is why they can't, they're kind of like uh, trying to publicize this as much as they can because – the public is their only only audience at this point, <clears throat> but it's it's hard to see this affecting too many people. Um, Democrats, most independents, sensible Republicans already know January sixth is very bad. Uh, if you're a Republican who's in denial or trying to sugarcoat this, right. watching these hearings is not going to change your mind at all. Right. Well, also, you know, most Republicans that are convinced that this election was stolen frankly, are not watching this, this hearing. Like they're, they're, they're watching Fox news and Fox news purposely doesn't have commercials because, because they uh, don't want people to, to watch the, watch the hearing. Exactly. It's not only people people who think the election are stolen. There are also a lot of people who are kind of like, yeah, Biden's the fair legitimate president, but also January 6th is way overblown. And uh, right, yeah. what about what about them with the uh, summer riots of 2020, which were also bad, but uh, January not, 6th bad on an well, institutional level. Yeah, yeah, it's like not it's kind of apples to oranges. Exactly. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I think there could be some benefits about this. I mean, I hope um, like you said, I guess there probably isn't a ton of new information to be divulged from from this series of hearings, but it's interesting. It's interesting to bring this kind of stuff to the light. It's good to like, um, you, you know, hopefully, hopefully the public is learning more about what happened, um, you know, whether or not you already fell on the side of, you know, this was bad. Maybe now you understand better why it was really bad or, or something along those lines. Um, I guess my my hopes and dreams for this i to be fair i don't think it's like it's not it's not a terrible hearing i think it's they're doing an an interesting job so far i um i was worried about what it was going to look like after you wrote your article um but i i think you know it it could obviously be a lot worse it's not it's it's really not um it's really not that bad maybe it's not new but it's not like a a crazy like witch hunt um it seems as much as it's just kind of retelling a, a story but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I haven't seen all of it, but I think so far it's pretty interesting. They're painting a pretty good picture of why it was not so good. And I hope deep down that this, that the effect that this committee has more than anything is that it helps like the Republican party move away from Trump. I, I think, I hope it gives like um, Republicans an excuse to be like, Oh yeah, it was bad, you know, cause, cause like, I don't know, maybe before this, it was a little bit easier to kind of like play along. And now I, I hope that it's harder for, for people to justify being like, 
yeah, the election was stolen. I'm going to go along with it for an endorsement. But yeah. I don't know. So the Axios report that pretty much said that uh, they want to make this a blockbuster um, was pretty much largely quelled the second it opens with uh, the very monotone and uh, could put you to sleep voice of Benny Thompson, the chairman. Um, so I, I guess they were kind of going the that route there. Uh, but again, just the people on the committee, Benny Thompson himself tried to decertify the 2004 electors. Uh, Jamie Raskin tried to decertify the 2016 electors. So again, it's hard to see how this serves a purpose from uh, the eyes of the majority on the committee beyond uh, political purposes. That doesn't mean they can still do meaningful stuff and they are doing meaningful stuff. Um, and You're I hope right. people can become aware of this. Um, but again, uh, one good thing, as you mentioned, is it's creating team normals. Uh, was it Bill Stepien uh, compared the aftermath of Trump's legal team for, to, for the election effort as uh, team Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and Team Normal. So the fact that they're trying to have a Team Normal and trying to distance themselves uh, from Trump uh, is a good thing. Uh, it's not what I want. It's not ideal, but it's a step in the right direction at the very least. Um, and as you said, moving away from Trump, there was actually a new a New Hampshire poll that came out today that showed DeSantis two points ahead of Trump. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's um, in my eyes, good news. DeSantis has his fair share of um, interesting ideas, but he, uh, I, I think I like him more than I like Trump um, for sure. No, DeSantis um, is far, far from perfect, but I take him yeah. Trump in the heartbeat. I think he's the only candidate right now who can beat Trump at a primary. And I am worried about kind of 2016 re repeat where it's, Trump versus non-Trump candidates, and Trump gets a nomination just by winning the plurality and not, not the majority of votes. Yeah, I mean, as you know, Peter, uh, I'll be throwing my hat in the ring for uh, Francis Suarez if he runs. Yes, <laughs> I, uh, you know, George Will's already, already, uh, you know, already, already talked about him. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll say I, I do not think that he would win, but he'd be cool. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he had, no, you're right, though. he's a good uh, VP pick, uh, but the problem is, uh, well, it's unlikely DeSantis would put uh, take him on the ballot anyway, because yeah, I, I don't think he, so. He, he didn't vote for DeSantis, but also uh, you can't have two people uh, on the same ticket from the same states. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, so, oh, well, 28, though. Yeah, there's, you know, there's always 2028. 20, we can we can hope he's a young um, I don't know if you want to jump to this at all uh, while we're oh. on the topic of, of Trump's influence um, and people, um, you know, trying to be on team Trump, but you want to talk about Alabama and uh, yeah. So the Alabama boy, boy uh, results came out for the runoff. It was uh, Mo Brooks, uh, the very far right wing, uh, Trump loyal election conspiratorial uh, Mo Brooks versus uh, Katie Brick. Britt, she was chief of staff to retiring Alabama Senator Richard Shelby. Um, Trump, of course, withdrew his endorsement from Mo Brooks as his, he started to fall down in the polls. And then uh, I think like a week or two ago, endorsed Katie Britt, which is pretty remarkable because uh, it's a political report uh, that was just less than a year ago that 
he Trump called Katie Britt a weak rhino. Um, so I'm I'm glad to see uh, his dislike of Mo Brooks kind of pushed in the right direction. Katie Britt, I, again, not a wouldn't consider myself a fan from her. But... Stellar candidate. I mean, she she said I, I think what she said a few things. Like she didn't go as far as to say that the election was stolen, but she tried to like allude to it in some ways to get the Trump endorsement. Yeah. Like... She, to her credit, she de- definitely stayed her distance from the election was stolen, but she said, well, there were indiscrepancies. Um, and I'm unsure to what extent she means the indiscrepancies. Like, of course, think... the election results are not always going to be 100% accurate, but yeah, I think so is she probably. Of her, what she's saying it is. And, I know personally she's team normal, uh, but I think she was yeah. probably playing footsie with the crazies just I'm sure, to get I'm, some I'm, of that. I'm sure, like, like you said, where you're saying, like, you know, you don't know how much she meant that it was, you know, like discrepancies. Like, she probably made it very vague, like, very much on purpose because certainly because she probably, you know, wanted to like throw the, the, the Trump fans a bone, um, but also didn't want to say the election was stolen and tried to play like a, a ground, like a, a card where it was like, well, you can interpret this depending on where you stand. Um, and probably because she personally doesn't really want to go out there and say that the election was stolen. Yeah. Um, or at least that's my optimistic look. I hope she doesn't believe that. But, but um, it's still, that's it's still it. Mo Brooks is, is down. Yeah, big win for Katie Britt. out like pulling third or fourth at the beginning of this race. Uh, Mitch McConnell endorsed her early on as kind of one of the few mm-hmm. And ran, and ran quite a few anti-Mo Brooks ads, so I've heard. Indeed. Um, which, ironically, eventually won the support of Trump. It's weird that Trump and McConnell endorsed the same person. Uh, yeah. yeah, that is funny. He, keeping the Mo Brooks endorsement was like uh, Ted Cruz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the usual suspects there. And didn't Rand Paul endorse Mo Brooks? Probably, probably Rand Paul. Rand. Um, yeah, yeah, so he... But he did. He lost. Um, did you did you see what he said? He said, uh, I'm, I'm going to you know, paraphrase this. I don't remember his quote exactly, but he was like, it is clear that Trump is loyal only to himself or something like that. And it's like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. way. This is. Yeah, uh, I, know. I know. Mo wow. Brooks, I guess I guess like as. I don't know, maybe maybe Mo, Mo Brooks, the, the Trump Trump spell has worn off him. He was like. Trump's only loyal to himself. I'm like, yeah, Mo. <laughs> yeah, Mo, you didn't you didn't figure that out? Yeah, well, he figured it out. He figured it out the hard way, I guess. But he's um yeah, tough for tough for Mo. So I guess it you know, it remains to be seen how much influence Trump has over over elections. Yeah. Technically technically the Trump endorsed candidate did win, but in a way both both of them had been Trump endorsed. So I don't know what that means, really. Yeah, I, I don't know what to glean from this, I guess, in terms of like Trump's influence. But I guess we'll see. See how it goes forward. We'll see how the January 6th um, committee impacts you know, the, the hearings impact that that influence and whether or not it encourages more more Republican Party members to break from Trump. We shall see in the in the in the podcast to come in the podcast to come. Um, yeah. Should, should we should we move on here? Let's do, do it. Talk about, do you want to talk about um yeah, here's something nice and fun. Recessions. You want to talk about? You want to talk about some recessions? Um, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think, Pete? So, um, what, what say you? 
So the Fed raised uh, interest uh, rate, raised points, uh, 75 basis points. That's 0.75 uh, per, percent for, for you brainiacs out there. <laughs> um, and that, for some reason, generated a lot of talk about a possible recep uh, recession because I feel like let's let's let me let me uh, uh let, me let, just inter let me just interject and 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 say I feel like recessions have been in the in the in the news cycle for a while now. Like I don't think like these are like a new concern. Um, I feel like since the Fed announced raising rates, they've been like we're going to have a recession. But yeah, maybe this this was obviously the biggest rate hike since 1994. So pretty it, large. It, it should yeah. come as shocking news, but it made the headlines. It started uh, generating whispers, yeah. and unfortunately, yeah. provided a bit more than whispers. I mean, uh, before before um, J-Pow had had um, like ruled out 75 base points hike. He's like, we're not going to do that. And obviously, our uh, our latest CPI numbers encouraged him a little bit more to to go ahead and, and, and run with it. But, um, but yeah, yeah, go, go on, Pete. So uh, Larry Summers said that we're going to need a certain number of years of unemployment above 5%, uh, which sparked a lot of worrying, um, probably also around people of our age. Um, we're probably just entering ah. the job market in the next couple of years, which is exciting. <laughs> um, That's one word for it. Yeah, so Larry Summers says that's the only way he sees countering inflation, uh, which prompted Biden to get on a phone call with Summers. Um, apparently, it was a productive phone call, and afterwards, Biden declared a recession is not inevitable. So I can't believe Biden changed Larry Summers' mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of course, Biden's going to be like, it's not inevitable. It could happen, but, you know, we don't know that yet. Um, and, it, you know, it's not. It's not inevitable. But I don't know. I mean, I don't have very much faith. Like, and maybe that's just me, you know, um, being pessimistic, I guess, about the economy. But like, nobody has faith. I, I think what the share of consumers that like what consumer sentiment is like rock bottom, right? It's the worst we've seen in a long time, which is usually not a good sign. I'm, I'm a big believer in like, um, in consumer sentiment and like, the economy works about as well as people think it's working <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, and so if people think it's not really working well, um, like those kind of coordinated behaviors have some funny effects such as- You know what it sounds like the solution to that is? The economy. What? Tell the people who are struggling financially and say, oh no, it's just in your head. The economy is actually at its strongest. People um, have jobs. Transition, yeah. Quit, quit, quit complaining. Quit <laughs> complaining, Peter. Did you see that video? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop, just stop whining. <laughs> yeah, so that's that was a good, um, yeah, that was a good message to the people, I guess. Um, here on this podcast, um, Peter and I understand that people are struggling and, and they have our, our sympathies. Um, yeah, it's expensive, man. Um, but yeah, so, so basically, uh, inflation, the reason the, the Fed hiked 75 basis points this past round, um, and why some people are speculating on a 75 basis point hike next time they meet as well, uh, is because we saw a bit of a resurgence in inflation 
Uh, and I shouldn't say a bit because we saw a full-on resurgence in inflation. And th this is a this is a problem because um, a lot of people were were thinking that it had peaked in um, in in April, or was it was it, did they think? Yeah, that they, it I remember we were having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. They saying, "Oh, yeah, this they thought it, report came out. It was a slight dip." So I think or, I think the peak right here, or or at least or it like peaked in March and then. April, it went like down to, so it was, it was 8.5 in March, right? And yeah. 8.3 8 in April. And then the May yeah. inflation, uh, the CPI report for May came out at 8.6, which is like a big leap and obviously like broke 8.5. So that's not what we like to see, basically, is we, we were we were hoping 8.5 was the peak. We, we have a new peak at 8.6. And that kind of means that inflation it like accelerated in May. Um, so there's renewed worries about inflation and we are cracking down, you know, um, with the 75, 75 basis point hike, maybe another one coming up, um, trying to slow down the economy. It's looking like we very, very well might fall into stagflation. Well, we're technically in stagflation right now, but like we're going to see, you know, to, to be categorized as, as a recession, we're like halfway there already. We, we, we GDP shrunk in the last quarter. If it shrinks this quarter, um, you know, bada bing, we, that's, that's a, that's classic. That's the definition of a recession, two quarters of, of um, GDP shrinkage. I saw um, an article, I forget whether it was like the New Republic or Jacobin or something, but they were like, yeah. Why, why would the Fed raise interest rates? Do they like hate workers? Do they know that they'll like discourage spending? Why do they want to do it? I'm like, discourage spending is exactly why they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to curb borrowing rates, um, slow down the economy. I mean, like this is, if you don't, I mean, they're worried about a, what? A wage, wage price spiral, basically, right? They're trying to shut that down. Trying to shut down inflation. It's bad for the midterms, obviously. Um, which, you know, I don't think, hopefully the Fed doesn't have that on their, on their radars so much, but um, some people certainly do. But yeah, so, so we, we will see. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith. I think consumer sentiment tells you all you need to know. Not all you need to know, but a lot of what you need to know. People are super pessimistic right now. And I think that just says a lot about like, that, like that's actually, I think, a pretty good indicator a lot of the time where things are headed, um, at least, you know, in the, in the short run but i think i think um you know consumers consumer spending a lot of economists point to is pretty strong still um although i think it's starting to dip in some areas retailers like target and walmart are starting to like have panic attacks because they they bought too much inventory and now they're afraid that they're not going to be able to sell all of it there's probably sales going on a lot in those stores which is like you know the big sell-off like this is kind of inflation or not this kind of you know recession mode or you know economic slowdown mode that's kind of what happens a little bit so so we'll see i mean it, it, it it's you know netflix is firing people other companies have have freezed hiring which like they had you know previously said they were going to hire to like x amount and they're like we're putting that on pause for now so you know i mean i think there's a lot of like indicators other than consumer spending because consumer spending really can flip on a dime and I, I kind of expect it to, honestly. And I think you're, you, we're, we're probably in the middle of that, that flipping right now, I think.
um, just as far as like, you know, I think you can see it in, in, in like the memos of, of retailers like Walmart and Target saying that we've, we've overstocked and we're not going to be able to sell our inventory. They're also like creating new products. Like, I don't know if you've seen some of the products. It's like, get every last drop of dish soap or whatever. Like they're trying to like advertise the like. I did. Was know, it like the easy squeeze? Yeah. The easy yeah, squeeze yeah, stuff yeah. like that. That's all like, that's all like people are saying this is basically like a recession indicator because they think that people are going to want to like really use every last drop, you know, um, is like I, didn't thing. Draw, I didn't draw that connection. Right. I didn't either, but someone else did. And I, <laughs> I read the tweet or whatever. Um, and I think there's some merit to it, but I don't know. I, I, I'm just not optimistic. So get ready for a recession, get ready for maybe probably some more inflation still, you know, it's not going to plummet to 2% immediately. We're going to see probably, even if, even if it starts to go down, you know, it's not going to like go, it's not going to fall off a cliff. Probably we're going to see it like persist for a while. We're going to see probably some, some we're going to probably see some layoffs, um, you know, class of, uh, class of 2023 um good luck <laughs> um and, and frankly class of 2024 good luck as well we're next yeah no we are yeah, not we're, we're we're next as pete and i um class of 2022 too you know maybe you're good right now we'll see how good you are in, in eight months grab tight uh class of 2025 hopefully we'll be recovering by the time you guys get out i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens i i think yeah i i think a recession is imminent though um well i shouldn't say that. Hearing, not... now is a great time to buy a house right yeah that's exactly what i'm saying <laughs> buy and used cars yeah yeah no, and don't. and you know what if you buy a used car you're also going to need gas and i hear the market for grass gas not grass gas is great right now is uh pretty Pretty something. I don't know. Well, how is it over there? I think last time we talked, you said like it was almost five. Here it is. It is five. It yeah, is... I've been trying to walk most places. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's it's pricey for sure. But we do have that uh, that gas gas tax holiday coming. Yeah, well, gas tax, gas tax holiday. Lord, that, that was kind of like the uh, plan B or plan C. Uh, plan A from the Biden administration. Plan, plan uh, A, yes was to send out gas rebate cards to every which, American. Which um, is not necessarily like, doesn't, doesn't, let's, let's put it this way. It doesn't exhibit a strong understanding of, <laughs> of supply side economics. Um, well, um, I, I don't know. Do you think that would, uh, sending out gas rebate cards would increase spending? Well, what do you think? Um, your- well, I, I think like, like, yeah, it, well, I guess we'll see. I mean, it, it, it very well could um, increase spending on gas. People might use the gas cards and then like use it to like save their own money, which That's I guess the, good. so it doesn't have to increase spending. The Washington but, Post, which first reported this, said, uh, quoted one person from the administration that said there'd be no way to verify what they actually use the gas re- rebate card on. So, well, well, I, I mean, as you and I know, like, it doesn't really matter anyway, even if you could verify it was being spent on gas, it just displaces a, like a, their other income, which they can spend on anything. So exactly. it doesn't even really matter whether or not they can track if it's spent on gas. Um, it might as well be a blank check. You know what I mean? Um, unless, you know, unless you're 15 and don't have your license or whatever, but like, you know, the people getting these cards are obviously can drive. So I, I mean, I don't know, I guess like, there's just not a 
not a whole lot they can do. I mean, I understand them wanting to like ease the, the, the pressures on consumers. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if it doesn't increase demand, it wouldn't have a huge effect maybe. Well, I don't know. Just, um, just putting that money back into uh, the decision. It's not exactly com- combating inflation, especially as, with supply as like tight as it seems to be. Um, Look, looking back on those uh, two $1,400 checks sent out uh, for COVID, um, was it two or three? I've lost track. Um, <laughs> it was, I, I, I don't even remember. <laughs> a boatloads of money people got for sitting in their house watching Netflix. Uh, I think it's fair to say that had a, a certain effect on inflation. Um, I do think so. I think I think demand. Um, I think I mean I think you can see it in both ways, right? You can see the way that demand increase um, was inflationary, and you can see the way that the supply shocks were inflationary too. I think I think both played a played a definite role in in it. I don't I don't think you can ignore you know like the ways in which supply hurt things, you know, like no, I I mean, do think. There's, there's no mono, monocausal uh, explanation to anything. Exactly. I mean, you can see like, you can see it in, in, in places such as like, I think, I, I, I don't know. There, there's just, there are, there are sectors of the economy where, where, you know, demand has not increased. You know what I mean? You don't, you're not seeing more, demand in in some sectors of the economy i think part of it is because like now you know workers are more expensive they're you know there's reasons for it i think i don't know it, it is it's a mix of both it's a mix of supply and demand um i mean i think i think it's clear to see the way that like increase in money supply slash you know demand in a way that can, those are connected um so and like, I, think, I think those are easy to see in assets like houses you know where the supply didn't like decrease necessarily, but they're obviously a lot more expensive now. Um, you know, same thing with a lot of like the stock market, which, you know, now is not quite so high, but that's more because, you know, it's, it was probably in a bubble before and now it's Bitcoin. not. Bitcoin still. Oh, oh wait. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's, um, it is like, man, it, it is really low. It's, it's um like pre- oh. 19,000? It's, it's not exactly pre-pandemic prices yet, because um, those are closer to like five thousand dollars, I think, and it's still closer to twenty. But um, it's low for sure. Down it's to like a third of its peak value, though. So more, more than that, more, more than, than that, that, I think. It's I mean, its peak value was like sixty-seven grand, and now it's at, I think, maybe under twenty, maybe just hitting twenty. It it it, it, like it, it, it was it was as low, it was as high as 67 grand or like has been in the past, you know, the past couple of years, it's been as high as 67 grand. And it was as low as like 17,500 um, now, uh, which I don't think it is now, but like within the past like week or two, it, it hit that. And now, now I think we were floating closer to 20. I know it like went back up to 21, dipped back to 20. I don't know where it is right now, but yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. So anyway, so as you alluded to, um, the gas rebate card, it's somewhat anomalous to just the free blank checks uh, because it displaces income. So of course it's not as much as $1,400. Um, I think you were talking about like $50. So it's definitely a very small fraction of that. Um, but you know, it's still, it's still pouring gasoline on the fire inflation. You know, it's, it's only a tiny bit of gasoline because gas is expensive, but it's making- <laughs> Very funny, Peter. 
Thank you. I thought that um, was very- but, but also it's just like very much supply is very constrained right now because of some of the conflicts we're having because, you know, OPEC seems to have gotten their shit together and they don't want to give us anything. Um, and, and so we're, yeah, like it doesn't matter how much money we have. Like, like if the supply is going to be constant, then that just, yeah, creates bidding wars. Like, they're, they're, like, like the, the problem here we're having isn't necessarily so much like, I don't know, a lack of demand. You know what I mean? Like, like, like gas rebate cards would make sense if there was like a lack of demand, but there's a lack of supply. So there's not a whole lot gas rebate cards can do in, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I, I find it hard to believe like gas companies wouldn't want to increase supply if they could, I, I guess. Um, I think maybe, maybe some of the OPEC places are, are happy not to, but, and, and reap in some, reap some profits, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. So you know, it sounds like to me. Sounds like it. it sounds like the gas companies just they have to they, they need to listen to their patriotic duty and lower prices. You know what they're doing right, right now is so unpatriotic. Right, right, absolutely. I um I did want to talk about the gas companies because I know a lot of people accuse the gas companies of gouging. I think if anything, it's probably OPEC gouging, which is like not out of the ordinary because they are a literal cartel you know, that like we allow to exist because we get the, because, because they price oil in dollars and we're like, all right, <laughs> you guys can be a cartel. But um, like the gas companies, I, I, I don't know from, from what I've seen, like, and I'm not perfect, you know, I don't, I don't know everything. It appears to me, like I, I looked at a lot of their like income statements this past week, just to take a look at, to see like whether their net margins were dynamic, ginormous, um, excuse me. And they it's hard to say where they normally are because they fluctuate quite a bit but they a lot of them don't seem to be astronomically high or like out of proportion with where they kind of normally are um the and 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 like from the gas like the major gas companies i looked at like exxon and um uh, you know bp and all the other ones um shell of all these gas companies only one saw like an increase in their net margins and in their income net income in the past like um in the past quarter most gas companies have have seen like their net like net income like nominal net income like decrease and they've seen um their net margins decrease as well so i i think like it's easy to equate higher prices with profit but i don't know it, it to me, it looks like a lot of the gas companies, at least at this point, are are kind of hurting. Like they've gotten to the point where where consumers. I mean, you mentioned to me earlier that like some economists are are saying that consumers seem to have a little bit more um, elasticity as far as demand goes. People are. I know. I mean, my household is is not driving as much. We're not going places. I think a lot of other consumers are probably starting to make the same kind of choices. And um, I, I I mean, at a certain point, you know it it is more profitable for gas companies to lower prices because more people will buy gas. You know, if you raise prices too much, people stop, people will not buy your product and, and you start making less profit, even if your margins are higher or whatever. So I do, I don't think the gas companies are like doing as well as people might think right now. And I, and frankly, this, this is not stock advice because I'm pretty bad at this sort of thing, but um, you know, I think I think we might have bid up, uh, you know, gas company stock prices too high. I think people got a little bit too excited about those high gas prices, and I think 
at this point, the high prices are probably hurting gas companies more than helping them. But uh, what do I know? So I think that takes us to uh, President Biden's plan B slash C or whatever of uh, right. the, the gas federal gas tax holiday. So Biden is asking Congress to suspend the gas tax, which funds the National Highway Trust, uh, to suspend it for three months. Um, right now, it's 18 cents. Um, so, Ethan, would that would that make gas 18 cents cheaper? Um, it would not make gas 18 cents cheaper. It would. But, uh, it it would be shared. I mean, it would be it would help consumers um, to yeah. a certain extent for at least oh. a small amount of time until he decides to get rid of the gas holiday but like it, it is taxes as well as tax breaks are shared between consumer and um and company uh and it's based kind of on you know who's who's in charge i guess of the situation you know um, so predictions yeah, vary yeah. um economist jason Furman, he was on a economic advisor to president obama he predicts that uh at most a third uh so six cents will go to consumers. So that's a huge tax break. Um, but pretty much politicians don't want this. Um, I'm not just talking about Republicans. Uh, Democrats have called it uh, inefficient, uh, short-sighted. Uh, chair of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, uh, Peter Fabrizio, who's a Democrat, uh, was urging colleagues to not support it because he thinks it's horrible policy. Nancy Pelosi, even a month ago called the, the idea would just be a showbiz idea. Um, and so it would just line up the oil uh, pockets of the oil company, which is true because if six of the cents is going to consumers, then that means 12 of it's going to the oil companies. Um, so again, it's, it's hard to see how President Biden thinks it's a good idea. Maybe it's just a political move because he knows Congress isn't gonna pass it, but again, it's a supply issue for gas. Uh, we still have the sanctions on Russia, which I think are a good thing, um, but as constricted supply. Meanwhile, Biden is canceling uh, gas drilling in the Arctic, in Alaska, in the Gulf of Mexico. He's gonna let uh, offshore, all offshore drilling expire uh, indefinitely in the end of the month, uh, which is coming up. Um, me, all while he's doing this, we talked about this for about the last podcast. He's trying to get increased gas supply by purchasing from Saudi Arabia and Venezuela. Um, just mm -hmm. seems perplexing in case, unless you realize uh, he's just trying to do it to appease uh, some climate activists on his own side. But again, the federal gas tax is not going to do much. It's going to cost $10 billion. Um, it, it will be somewhat inflationary in the long term of a very, very uh, minimal. Right, that, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure it's more of a show. I, I, you know, I like the idea of cutting taxes. Um, I don't like the idea of cutting taxes only temporarily. I wish we'd just get rid of them. <laughs> um, but, but no, I mean, I, I like, I mean, all in all, like the gas tax holiday, yes, it would benefit oil companies maybe more right now, but it would also benefit consumers as well. Like it's, it's you know, it can benefit both. It can, it really can. And it, and it probably would. I don't know. I see it only benefiting at the margins right now, like six cents, like that, 
I would help about, and again, that's that's a well, yeah. It would, it would hardly it would it would hardly be a whole lot, right? I mean, and it would I, it would again. It would be it would be only be a three month suspension until prices would go right back up, if not more. Um, there's a ten right. billion dollar cost, and again, I'm with you, very anti tax, but I think like tax I'm very anti debt as well. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Is only that, but we do not going to cut spending. We do need some sort of tax and. The tax that I think are the most efficient are user taxes, where you pretty much, if you use something, you pay for it. And that's what the gas tax is. If you buy gas at a gas station, you're presumably using it to fill up your car. Um, and but, you taxation, but, but taxation is the power to destroy, Peter. Why do you think that the government should have oh. the power to place excise taxes on, on arbitrary items that they don't want to have as strong businesses? And, and, and another thing, Peter, um, Excise taxes are regressive taxes because they are based on the price of the item you're buying and not the income of the consumer. And therefore, it's a higher percentage of uh, poor people's income. So what do you think about that, Peter? What do you think about that, about your stupid excise taxes? Uh, you know what? I think I stand by what he said. What I what I said. Um, Fine, loser. I don't I don't really your, like your base. Your base should not be based of income. Although that's a bit radical. Um, I guess I, for, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I honestly like as much as I would love to agree with you. I don't like the idea of a regressive tax. That that feels like not cool. And I also don't like the fact that the government gets to choose what they tax. You know what I mean? Like, like, like income. Does, like income, obviously, it hurts like production in general. But at least it doesn't target production of any one industry. Which I I don't know if I like government having that power. As That's much. true, but. If the money isn't going entirely towards that one industry, what about that? Because it's put uh -huh. put into a trust that only goes for highways and roads. I th I don't know. I, I was just talking about excise taxes in general. Uh, I don't okay. know where 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 are we at now? <laughs> <laughs> going well, to I'll, I'll of... the, the gas tax is it can't be used for anything else. It's it's not discretionary spending. It goes into that's a trust designated for highway and roads. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's not bad. I mean, that's, that's good, I guess. Sure. Sure. I, I, I think that's, that's fair enough. Um, do you know, do you know what policy that for some reason Biden uh, can't see or has ignored um, that mm -hmm. would, according to JP Morgan, decrease gas indefinitely by 10 cents and would cost $0 and would that actually increase prices for all imported goods across the board? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Pete. Tell me. What is it? Ending the Jones Act. Oh, no way. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. I know. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know uh, about what the Jones Act is, I don't, have I ranted about the Jones Act on this podcast before? Um, I feel like not, on, not on this podcast, but you certainly have <laughs> ranted about it before. <laughs> All right. Well, forgive me for repeating myself, Ethan, but uh, the Jones Act is a centuries-old uh, protectionist sea trade law uh it was created by uh woodrow wilson um q dooming sound uh, um, i'll actually I'll, I'll grab i'll grab the ominous music for, right, perfect, for, perfect. for his mention <laughs> um, okay. yeah yeah um but yeah so pretty much it mandates that all goods that are coming into the u.s or are traded within the u.s by sea must be on a ship that's built by the united states that's manned by a crew of the United States and is going into a United States port. So pretty much what that does is restrict 
uh, trade. It restricts what goods can be traded uh, and sent around and shipped in the most efficient manner. It slows things down. It prioritizes US-made goods, which I guess is beneficial if you're a crewmate of a US ship, or if you're a ship manufacturer, um, or if you work at a, a port. I, I don't know. Can you see anyone else that benefits? Um, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Joe Biden, if you're listening, do. Oh, and also. Joe uh, Biden. Joe Biden, if you're listening to College Connections. Yeah. Sorry, not if, when, when you're listening. Yeah, when, when, when you hear this. Yeah. Uh, Wave the Jones Act. But the thing is, so he, in order to uh, repeal it, he does need congressional approval, but he can waive it all by himself. Really? No, I'm, I'm against executive power, but this is relatively very low in what executive power does. And we all know Biden, like, you know, tries to expand the yeah. reach of federal power, uh, executive power as much as he can. Um, so this seems like a no brainer. Actually, uh, Biden sent a letter to all the uh, gas companies saying it's time to do your patriotic duty uh, and lower taxes. And ExxonMobil immediately wrote back saying, um, you're the president, there's stuff you can do to lower taxes or lower gas prices, such as waiving the Jones Act. Um, really, really? So they, they called them out directly? Exactly. It, yeah. Um, so again, I'm not saying listen to what ExxonMobil says. I'm saying uh, they recognize that the Jones Act slows down and thus makes more expensive the transportation of oil and gas, which makes it more expensive for you, the consumer. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am I am curious about how the economics of um, the gas holiday makes sense. I sorry, I should I should have brought this up earlier, but uh, just the fact that like it appears um, the majority of the gas holiday on the state level uh, for the states that are doing it have have benefited consumers, which is pretty I, I guess good. You know, I'm I'm happy to to have have consumers benefit from from the gas tax holiday. I. I am, I am really curious about how that makes sense. I, you know, I, I like economics, but there, I don't know a lot. Well, I, I think it largely on the state. So again, so the federal gas tax is 18 cents. So again, it depends on the state. So I think the lowest gas tax in the U.S. is Alaska, which is like nine cents. So that's also going to have a very negligible impact if they suspend the gas tax there. But for a state like Pennsylvania, it's like 58 cents. So that's obviously going to have a third of 58 cents again taking the optimistic prediction from Furman, but again, that's going to make it a significant difference. So I think it depends on the state and how high their gas tax is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, clearly, right. It, it, um, like it appears as though it, it is very dependent on, on like the size of the, of the tax and, and it's holiday, um, the, the amount that it benefits consumers. Um, I guess it, that would just say like, I guess what? I guess that just pretty much means that it the the demand and supply curves are have different amounts of inelasticity at different like holidays, pretty much. Um, yeah, no, it's it's relative. Would love to figure out how to draw those, but yeah, that's just a little small point. So cool, I guess that states are doing that. Still, um, you know, don't love debt um, on the state or federal level. Uh, hope the states plan to cut cut back on spending if they're going to go ahead and give this tax holiday but i don't think they will so that sucks but yeah well sorry i don't know that does kind of like bringing it back but yeah yeah so repeal the jones act in conclusion i guess <laughs> uh 
I'll, I need to make a change.org petition. Anyway, um, you should. So, uh, some new Supreme Court cases have been released. Oh, uh, this is kind of a fun one. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, Supreme I actually saw there have a couple two more decision dates coming up soon. So who knows? Maybe by the time you're listening to this, Dobbs will be released, but probably okay. not. But who knows? Um. Anyways, um, so there's one case that stood out. So Maine had a state law, um, pretty much was a voucher system for private schools. So if you not want to attend your public school because it's underfunded, it wasn't very great, great, good of a school. Um, the f- state government. I thought I thought it was only for um for areas that actually don't have a regional public school. Oh, that could be. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's only for like if if you live in an area there? that doesn't have like a regional public school. And by the by the way, just to, just to give a little bit of context, this is actually how it works. Like um, in a lot of other countries, if you send your kid to private school, you know, not even you know, if you don't have a public school regionally, they'll give you a voucher, um, so that, like basically a tax break, so that you don't have to fund the public school that you're not using. That's how it works overseas. We don't really do that here, um, but but hey, yeah. Um, so the main law. Uh, excluded uh religious school so if you taught uh religion as part of a course or if it was just a religious school uh they were not accepted as part of this voucher problem um uh, voucher uh policy so uh one of the schools sued the state of maine and reached its way to the supreme court and the supreme court ruled six to three that that is indeed a violation of the first amendment uh freedom to of religion uh the supreme court said that the state does not have an obligation to fund religious schools or any schools for that matter, but if they choose to do so, they cannot discriminate based on religion. Yeah, which I mean makes sense to me. I honestly cannot believe that it was six three and not like nine oh because it, I don't know. I mean, I'm no constitutional scholar. I'm I'm not you know I'm not a lawyer, but I've read the First Amendment and it, I I feel like it's pretty clear about how you're not allowed to discriminate against religion. Um, you know, technically, I guess that wouldn't be re- discriminating between like, you know, it's not like they're funding um, Hindu schools and not Catholic schools or whatever, but, you know. Well, it's funny, there's, there's one uh, blue check mark on Twitter who was like, oh yeah, who, how would you like it if uh, we send, start sending uh, kids to Muslim schools or Jewish schools? How, how would you like that? And that's okay. We did it and said like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't mind that. Um, like, that would be fully, like, con- constitutional. Like, that would be great. I have no problem with that. That's the whole point. That's what religious liberty means. Um, um, shockingly, even this might come as a bit of a surprise, but... There's some people who disagree with us on this. No kidding. Yeah, do you um, want to read the tweet that you sent me yeah, here? Mark, Mark Joseph Stern over at Slate uh, tweeted, quote, whether they like it or not, Maine's taxpayers will soon be subsidizing in indoctrin- <laughs> Not true. It's not really a subsidy, or at least not a direct subsidy. Um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's a voucher. Subsidizing indoctrination academies that teach their students to hate Muslims while expelling the children of same-sex parents. That's what it religious te- liberty teaches, this Supreme Court. It teaches kids that that the teachings of Islam are not true, which if you're Catholic, like is kind of implied. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, you know, hopefully they're not actually teaching kids to hate Muslims. That would actually not be good. But it, it says that these schools are teaching that 
like, you know, Islam is not true, which like as a Catholic school. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not, that's. Yeah. So of course. <laughs> what? you can't, you can't be like, well, yeah, Catholicism is true, but you know, Islam is also true. And there's just multiple. No, like this is. What that was in reference to was uh, one school um, says that all students and employees must be born again Christians um, or Christians and uh, quote uh, or must quote refute the teachings of the Islamic religion. So again, not what I buy into, but well, actually, I guess technically I do because I'm atheist agnostic. So I guess like part of it. But again, like so you're saying you refute? Do you refute the the teachings of Islam, Peter? I don't know. Am I, I mean, gonna am I gonna have to am I gonna have to fly out to DC and, and teach you a little little something about <laughs> <laughs> about Sharia law? <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah, I had like yeah. a gory uh, soundbite in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so again, like it, it, just because you don't believe religion, religion is not teaching people to hate people. Um, not a religion or be- certain beliefs as not true, but they hate a certain people. That's awful. I hope, I hope it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, like no. I mean, from from there's no evidence that they're teaching kids to actually hate Muslim people. Uh, which actually, uh, if they were, would be not great. But another thing I like about this tweet um, is that he calls uh, these schools indoctrination academies. Okay, that's that's what schools are. What do you what do you think like teaching people to read are like? What do you think, I, our, glo- what do you think I, our global capitalism class was? No, <laughs> that's an area I don't I don't want to get into right now. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, like well, in so third like, grade, I was indoctrinated with uh, multiplication tables. Like that that's what school is. It's just I I, I that's, a, that's a that's a stretch. That's a bit of a stretch, Peter. I think is it also. Well, I I I guess I mean I wouldn't like. I personally wouldn't say that like learning your multiplication tables is like indoctrination because it doesn't really have much to do with like an opinion. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess, it do- I guess if you want to say not, that that's, that's an opinion. That's not what indoctrination yeah. means. It just means stating something as an irrefutable truth. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think, I think, I guess in probably the context that he means it, I imagine he's talking about something that's more opinion, which fair enough, but I think you even still have a case to make that, schools are still indoctrination academies because I mean, a lot of the time people's beliefs are, are, are kind of shine through a little bit in their, in their teaching, um, which, you know, fine. I think that's bound to happen. Uh, maybe not the healthiest of all, of all time, but like, I think there's a case to be made that, that, uh, that schools have, have, and teachers have political leanings uh, in the ways they teach still. And that you probably get indoctrinated at least a little bit uh, on your on your way through the uh, education education cycle, but also like these are private schools. You know what I mean? Like these are not like places where kids are going against their will to like. These are places where parents are purposefully sending their children to to learn beliefs that that household shares. You know what I mean? Like if they're not going to learn it at school probably going to learn it at home like this is it's like you have to remember like as, as a private school you're you're choosing to send your kid there um and, and like i guess maybe you could say this indoctrination but it sounds like this is just like things that the household believes and that were probably are values that you were going to teach your children anyway i guess if you want to try to make the take the stance that the government should should choose what to teach children to believe instead of households and parents 
you can try to make that claim. I personally am not really all, all on board with that, but uh, sure. I'll try to make that claim. I I haven't heard of him recently, but it seems to not have gone that uh, well for him. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, right. That's right. Um, McAuliffe didn't, <laughs> didn't pull through. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you know, go ahead and try to make that claim. Um, you might not get elected, but you know, uh, kudos for standing by it, I guess. <laughs> but no, I, I don't, I don't, um, I, I don't know. I think that's an important note is like, it's hard to be indoctrinated into something that like you're choosing to attend because of your um, family's values that you already have. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever, right? Um, yeah. Do you know what season it is? Uh, what what season, Peter? Tell me. I'm so curious. I think oh. I think past duck season, and I think we're a bit rabbit season. But but it is, it's a rhino hunting season. Oh my God, Peter! Wait, so wait, tell me more about this, Peter. I, I surely you don't expect me to go on a safari in Africa and, and kill rhinos for their sweet, sweet no, ivory horns, right? Thing, they've migrated. They're, they're now in D.C. They're in the swamp they're of D.C. They're in D.C. Well, actually, as as one uh, commercial depicts, they're in an empty house in some random suburb for some reason. Um, they're not. They're not. They're not. They're, these aren't. These aren't rhinos. These aren't H R H I N O rhinos, are they, Peter? No H in them. These are Republicans in name only. Oh no! Oh no! Um, I find it ironic because I, I I feel like I would um, characterize most Trump supporters as rhinos almost, and yet they're the ones that like to fling the term around, which is kind of funny. Yeah. No. Um, seriously. Um. So I can't believe I'm saying this. Front runner for uh, the Missouri Senate race, uh, disgraced. Former governor Eric Biden. If you want to know why he's a disgraced former governor, uh, you can look it up. Look it up. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, it's a beautiful story. It's beautiful a beautiful story. Tale. It was a bit past what we're allowed to say on this podcast, um, so we'll leave it up uh, to you. Yeah, it's, not, it's 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 bad. It's not great. Um, should not be in office. Uh, a lot of people have have said. I'm not the first to say that. Well, he um, really had to resign from governor four years ago. Uh, and it had two other scandals on top of it. Anyway, so he put out a campaign ad uh, pretty much of him as a former Marine and a whole squadron uh, breaking into this random suburban house saying it's rhino hunting season. Um, and I guess we're kind of falling into a trap because he obviously just did it for media attention. Um, just get it circulated. There's like no right. uh, just to get him in news. Um, but again, like we can read ourselves as bad as abhorrent. There's no way he should be anywhere near here. Um, I, it's hard to see that he wins. I don't know. I could see him winning the Senate. That'd be awful. Um, That'd be brutal. You know, it's God, like Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley, months ago, and this whole time, has been calling for him to uh, withdraw from the race, saying he can't come to the Senate. If you're like a Paul, if 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 you're too right wing, or not even right wing, if you're just unacceptable moral moral wise for josh ollie yeah you're 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 uh and i i don't know what to say like not only that but donald trump has not made an endorsement in this race even though i guess greitens is the most trump there's definitely other trumpers in the race but greitens is probably the most uh trump obsessed uh but trump privately has said that greitens creeps him out you know what? What? Yeah. yeah. Donald Trump out. 
<laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, seriously, creep Donald Trump. Yeah, so clearly he's not a great guy. Um, that that really says all you need. That's so funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, he's he's like essentially don't, don't, what he, he he told people to come get their rhino hunting permits, right? Like, okay, if I was watching, like, some TV show and they were trying to, like, make, like, the right-wing candidate, like, as awful as possible, and this was the guy, they literally, like, right, right. I would, like, not like it because I'd be like, no, this is unbelievable, this is unrealistic, they're, no, but this is real life. I Right, you'd be like, you'd be like oh, my God, this is, like, so stupid. What a, what a dumb, like, did the show have to be so partisan? It's clear that they hate, no, like, this guy, like, real life said, and he said, what, there's no bagging limit and there's no, um, <laughs> There's no, there's no issue limit. He's like, we're going to give out all the rhino hunting permits. Um, yeah. Like Pete said, Republican in name only. So he's essentially telling people, telling people that they, sh- they should, uh, sh- they should shoot, shoot uh, non-Trump Republicans, uh, which not, not literally endorsing this. His, his campaign made that clear. He said, any, <laughs> anyone that, anyone that doesn't, realize that this is a joke is either stupid or lying did they um, actually say that yes <laughs> yes because people called it out and they were like they're like they were like did you guys just endorse killing people that aren't trump supporters that are republicans and they're like anyone who doesn't know this is this is humorous meant to be a joke is either an idiot or lying um which like yeah obviously he didn't meet he was like this was not well, literally, I guess if it's, a joke, it's okay then, right? Um, you know, it's it, 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 see, see, Peter. Technically, you're not allowed to incite violence, even if it's funny. Okay, um, but it could like I'm. I'm just saying, like if he if he was like joking about like long COVID or something, like that'd be way worse. Like we can agree about that, right? <laughs> I think you and I can both absolutely agree on that. Long COVID is clear. I mean, rhinos aren't real people, Peter. <laughs> but but yeah. long but long COVID patients are are the pillars of our society. Um, I I think I yeah so so yeah that's ridiculous that he put that out that message out um um, I don't even know there's not a whole lot to say about him other than that he's kind of a dirtbag and and that that was like I mean you can laugh you can laugh at what he said that's pretty it's like you know I think I think it's healthy to laugh at him not with him I think it's I think that's perfectly reasonable because Cause that's hilarious. Like that's insane that he really went out and was like, I know what kind of video I'll, I'll produce for my campaign. Um, so hopefully he loses and, uh, and hopefully we don't have to talk about him again, but, but yeah, so that, that is, I hope hope we don't, but, but what's next on the docket, Pete, what are we talking about? Um, Fletcher's mom, Fletcher's mom, Fletcher and or Fletcher. All right. So, so I guess what is now is now the time to um, talk about how much I hate uh, COVID restrictions. So um, the FDA has now greenlit the COVID vaccines uh, for children as old as six months, I believe. Yeah, um, which is fine. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm listen, I'm not even going to care if you want to, if you want to back up your, your kid at, 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 you know, at seven months old, six months old, like whatever, dude, like maybe it'll help him a little bit. I don't know. I, you know, like, sure. 
but but the, the fact remains that like kids just aren't really hurt by this disease like if you've been waiting for a vaccine you don't have to like you literally like fully don't have to i know people hate what hate to hear that 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 covid is just like the flu for kids that are like under you know under like 15 or honestly like under like 20 years old like if you're under like but I, I, here, I'll be generous. If you're under like 12 years old, let's say, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't have the numbers on me, but like, if you're a young kid, it's like as bad or like even not as bad as the flu. Um, kids just aren't being hit that hard with COVID. Some of the, some of the more recent strains have hit kids a little bit harder, but it's unclear about whether or not that's because of the, um, virulity or whether it's actually worse for kids. Um, people haven't really come to a consensus on that but at the end of the day like by and large kids aren't being like very hurt by by covid like this is this is not we like i can you know i'm not i'm not gonna be an ass about like wanting to take that extra precaution and get your kid vaccinated fine whatever but if you're like if that if if that's been like the like you aren't letting them outside like this is like Oh, so let me let me get to this. Yeah, sorry, go, go, yeah, sorry. Get get into so, it a little bit, Peter. ABC News. Rant. I I guess it was kind of supposed to be like a feel good story. Um, that that's not what I got. So, um, poor yeah, Fletcher, three year old Fletcher from Lexington, South Carolina, um, is excited about getting vaccinated. So again, I agree with you. Like, if you want to get vaccinated, there's no harm to it. Sure. Again, three year old Fletcher is not really at risk from COVID, but again. It, 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 it will only benefit him to get vaccinated. It won't hurt him. But anyway, uh, we hope there's one part. Up. Yeah. Fletcher's mom said that once her son is fully vaccinated, he can finally go bowling and visit the nearby children's museum. Quote, he's never really played with another kid inside before. His mom said, this will be a really big change for our family. Yeah, no, I feel so bad for these kids. Like, that's just awful. Like I, 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 I think I, I, frankly worry about kids like I don't I'm not sure how they're going to turn out like honest to god like I like it's important to see people outside yeah and and inside and like be able to like not have overbearing parents are very important for like development you have to develop on your own like a little bit you know what I mean um and just like not being able to like see kids inside not healthy man like just in general like that kind of overbearing parenting method, I, I guess I'm not a huge fan of which, you know, I'll probably, well, nobody watched that. I just want, I won't get attacked for any of it, but like, I don't, I like, you know, obviously I'm not a parent. I don't know everything, but like, I don't like overbearing parents. I've never seen, like, I've never seen a kid grow up like normal after having like super overbearing parents. Like they're <laughs> always like screwed up. I, I have to see, this is like beyond overbearing, like overbearing. That's one thing, but this is like, not like, this kid is three year old, three year, three years old, and has never socialized with another kid inside before. Uh, what is that called? Like Charlie yeah, Cook and review calls it a freak. He wrote this funny blog post saying it's called hell. His mom is a freak. <laughs> um, I guess it's not really supposed to persuade, but it is amusing. Um, but he made one comparison. Said <laughs> if uh, Fletcher's mom had been a member of a cult and kept him inside for three years out of fear he'd be inducted by aliens, we'd all immediately grasp the problem. But because it's COVID, that great destroyer of rationality, there are millions and millions of people who do not. Um, so again, it, this thing has consequences. I think the consequences are still uh, realizing. 
to a lot of people. Um, I saw one report uh, that showed uh, the struggles of fourth grade, te fourth grade teachers having with her class. Uh, she said she pretty much inherited a class of second graders, um, which is hard. But I guess that's what happens uh, when you kind of stay in lockdown. And yeah, I mean, kids. Um, I, mean, I mean, we're clearly seeing like. Um, you know, kids are now behind in their education. That's clear to see. Like we've seen kids behind in their education. Um, but even beyond that, like, I just think some of the like social skills and like social development that kids are supposed to be getting and like, you know, independence and stuff like that um, are have just like, I have to imagine that they've been thrown off by, by this stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think like the pandemic forced a lot of kids, like even around our age, like, in homes on their phones, I'm sure we're going to see like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see higher rates of, of mental illness going forward, if I'm being honest, like that's obviously kind of just speculation, because I'm not, you know, a professional psychologist or anything, although I've taken psych 101. So <laughs> just kidding. But no, like, I, I don't, I don't see this being healthy for like kids developmentally or socially, or like, you know, even in terms of like how much it drove kids just to use their phones, which I don't think is always healthy. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no disagreement there. Um, National Review has a, uh, interesting, uh, article out saying that, uh, kids should stay off, off offline completely. Um, I guess kind of follows like the Uval in model that thinks like, Social media should be banned for kids under eighteen. I'm not on board that at all. I think I good. I recently listened to a podcast that was saying something similar about uh, is Jonathan Haidt. Oh, um, yeah. and he he was like making the case against social media and how it's like driven polarization and divisiveness and how like you know it's driven um, anxiety and stuff and in like teenage girls and and all that. Guys, true, no question. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I definitely think it's something that, like, I mean, you know, if I were a parent right the second, which I'm not, probably when I will be a parent, I'm going to definitely, like, that is one thing I'm going to be like, hey, don't use your phone that much. Like, don't get social media until you're, like, 15. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, I agree there. I mean, I, I think I personally would go probably go, like, 13 or so, but, uh, but again, that's, like, a matter of opinion, but uh, I guess 15, still 15 was, I was going to go 18. <laughs> Deal. Well, I mean, that's what Nash Review did. Also, the thing is, also like it, very little content moderation. I mean, I guess young kids probably yeah. gravitate towards like towards younger kid content anyway. But it's really easy for you to see something that you're not supposed to on the internet, like at a, at a certain ages. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, but it, but again, like it, it's a convincing argument just because a lot of people I respect, like Yvonne and Jonathan Haidt. Um. I can't remember her name, uh, but who wrote the national? Yeah, I can, I, can, I can tell you really respect her, Peter. Um, can, no, can I can't even remember I, her name. Apologies, I know your name, mind blank. Um, but again, like these, these are all highly respectable people who make really good. Uh, highly, highly respected people. Yeah. Highly, highly respected people. Um, even if they don't have their height and IQ uh, in their Twitter bio. <laughs> in their Twitter bio. Yeah. Right. right. Um, but again, I'm just not <laughs> hey, seeing disclaimer we are not we are not scott greer enthusiasts <laughs> um but yeah um, I, I guess the libertarian in me um just just kind of cringes that uh when you see a problem the solution should be government um i think problems do not equate to government intervention 
But I a lot, guess a lot larger, of time. Yeah. larger philosophical uh, point to be made. Um, so, you know, we're just about out of time here. Unfortunately, I want to thank Peter so much for his time. Just kidding. No, we're, we're both hosts, obviously. No guests on this podcast. Um, if, if well, you know, if anyone, if anyone decided to like wanted to be a guest or like write an article or like wanted to come on and talk with us, like you, there can be guests. <laughs> they just haven't been yet. Um, but but no, no, we want to we wrap this up by just mentioning that Taylor Lorenz sucks um is the worst um uh it's 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 taylor lorenz uh hunting season we're getting our our lorenz permits no bag limit no no issue limit we're Ethan, is that a joke is that a joke yeah no i'm just kidding i'm sorry i might, I might have to cut that out that was that was a uh, that was a joke i can't i um <laughs> obviously in reference to the rhino thing but like yeah no i uh i don't believe that but like still don't like taylor lorenz i think she's kind of a nutcase um, so for anyone who doesn't know she's a uh reporter formerly of the new york times um she got into a spat because she was always confrontative and also just on the merits not a good journalist she would constantly get screw things up even like a few weeks ago um she included in her article first off she attributed a, a quote to someone that never said that quote. Um, and she also uh, said that she mentioned two YouTubers and said they declined to comment. And then once it was published, they went public and said that she never asked them to comment. And then only after it was article in public and they said publicly that they should not ask for a comment, she reached out to them finally after that. Some kind uh -huh. of like dishonest practices, really questionable uh, journalistic ethics. Yeah. Um, so it was, all in all, kind of also like someone that I just times, very much disagree with. She's now at the Washington Post. Um, she actually just got demoted too. Um, she's there's a oh, it's not technically not a demotion. It's a move around within the uh, organization. Um, but pretty much removing like the Post's top editor to just directly oversee all her work, which you know, if that happens it must mean you're on like a very good standing with the Washington Post. Um, not. Um. I didn't catch your sarcasm there, Peter. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. Um, not, not a good, not a good look um, if you I just like, have to be watched all the time. Yeah, it's funny because whenever someone calls her out, and not even a political thing, but just like you're not a good journalist, uh, she says, "Oh, this is the right, the right winger is trying to hurt me and trying to uh, make make me feel bad, and they're bullying me, and it's just awful. These right wingers coming up with lies in the mainstream media, just believing them." Um, and then and then and then when people call her out on that, she says that she was joking, too. She does. She I, I don't even see that. Well, well, there was the time that she like like said like a Drudge reporter like blah 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 was like targeting her, and when someone was like, "That's not really true," she was like, "I was clearly joking." Any of oh. you that think that a Drudge reporter could even impact my feelings, you must be stupid. It's like okay, Taylor Lorenz. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, I hope this hurts her feelings. Um, <laughs> just kidding. It's funny because she she went on some interview and cried about being doxxed. And again, like doxing is bad. Like no, and, and she has doxed people. Bad. She's doxed people herself. And like a few months after she cried in an interview about being doxed, she found the location and released the name publicly of uh, the account owner for the Twitter account libs of TikTok. Um, that was so a big she's, thing. Guilty of the same thing she does. Uh, garbage journalist. I forget why we're bringing it up. She did stuff. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, uh-huh. we just wa- I just wanted to criticize her. I think that was really yes, it. We, we made a reference earlier with a Nick Wrighton's joke about uh, not as bad as joking about long COVID. Um, so Matthew uh, Iglesias, he's the co-founder of Vox Media. Um, he, he, he's definitely on the left, but he's uh, definitely someone I respect. Yeah, I, I like Matthew. He, he, he makes some well. very um, intriguing points and ideas. Um, but anyway, he posts on Twitter um, that he, he had COVID. Um, he made some joke about having oh he said he said any typos uh from now on i will attribute to having long covid <laughs> yeah so um don't laugh that's very insensitive to right. all the people who have I meant- <gasps> yeah there we go there we go um so, yeah, so she, she much replied and said that's not funny how dare you joke about it this is still hurting people um yeah and we just we just think that's funny that uh she said that no yeah basically um yeah basically i i think she's kind of nuts and i think that she's not a great journalist and i, I don't really like her that much but that's you know that's okay you can be that person my, um, my favorite um do you, do you know uh birds are not real yeah of course yeah so pretty much what i always know it's an organization uh that uh proposes that birds are not real that they were all replaced by the cia in the 80s uh with drones um the guy in charge of it is absolutely hilarious and a bit crazy. Um, he threw up on the news. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Taylor Lorenz did a piece uh, about them and said like, oh, like even though it's like a joke, it's uh, still an example of disinformation and how quickly it can spread because the Birds Are Not Real organization has like a couple million followers. They have like actual like rallies now. It's pretty funny. Um, it's pretty funny. It, I, it, I actually, it, I actually it, own a birds and not real defamation. The organization I, a couple months ago they sued Taylor Lorenz for defamation. I, I guess like I, it's often didn't make anywhere, but it was just that funny. is pretty funny. I um I actually own one of their t-shirts. Uh, oh, awesome! I do. I own one. I know some of my friends own own some some merch as well. It's cla- <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's a good yeah. It's a good brand. But um, but yeah. So so, uh Taylor. Oh Taylor um yeah so i mean i guess that's pretty much all we have for you uh you know mm-hmm. pete, pete and i are gonna are gonna head out and do our thing and live our lives and and uh you know hopefully we'll i'll, I'll find the time to, to edit this one faster and hopefully we'll record another one soon yeah um, I want to shout out to everyone who made this today's podcast uh possible um all of our all of our sponsors yeah no um just made it possible that includes uh joe biden jerome powell fletcher's mom taylor lorenz eric greitens and juliet uh, jade yeah and juliet jade of course who um thank you for the intro I how we put juliet right next to eric greitens and taylor lorenz yeah <laughs> and lastly thank you juliet jade uh last but certainly not least um and uh and yeah so so thank you thank you for listening everybody remember to um you know listen to this podcast in full i'm sure uh that was you know maybe i should have mentioned that at the beginning but <laughs> make make sure to listen to the podcast all the way through that's how you get the most out of it just kidding if you listen to it at all that's cool uh um definitely share the podcast with your friends tell everyone about it tell people you don't know about it um listen to the next one that we put out read all of our articles sub to the contrarian gift subscriptions to your friends if you know their emails <laughs> aka <laughs> aka sign them up without their knowledge um, 
but uh but yeah basically um you know we'll catch you next time uh this is this is ethan uh and 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 peter uh pete you want to say a word you want to you want to sign I'm, this is ethan signing off ditto oh you do something pete yeah good okay uh and and birds are not real